0: Hello and welcome back to another edition of Podcasts from the Edge with me, Peter Bruce. Remember these podcasts are available on the Financial Mail, Apple and Spotify podcast platforms and I'm delighted to see them appearing on the Smart New Times Live app as well. You should uh, you should go and have a look at it. Ex- absolutely excellent. Um, I had a really ple- pleasant surprise on Sunday when turning to page 4 of the Sunday Times I have to say, I clearly remember reading a copy of this venerable old newspaper on Sunday, the 31st of January, 1965, nearly 60 years ago. Not because I remember the date, but the picture on the front page was of a horse-drawn gun carriage bearing Winston Churchill's Union Jack draped coffin. It always stuck with me. I used to to read the paper then uh, for the comics Prince Valiant, you may remember some of you. Um, back then, the Sunday Times really had its formula down pat. Politics, sport, gossip, and comics for the kids. Uh, but I digress. The surprise on page four of this Sunday was an innocent looking news item reporting that the Democratic Alliance, according to the headline, quote, wants to extend, not end, social grants. Um, and it reported that the official opposition had, adjo- had adopted a new social development policy that would commit it to increasing the monthly child support grants that many millions of our fellow citizens depend on from 500 rand a month to 624 rand a month not just that but the grant would cover children over 18 years old provided they were still in school and the da said it would also increase the number of basic food items not subject um, to VAT, to include beef, bone-in chicken, margarine, peanut butter, baby food, and other things. The increased costs would be at least partly covered by cutting back on the extreme wastages of money uh, by the ANCs that lavishes um, uh, 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 wealth, uh, money on, on its own security for its leaders, and just general corruption. There were five things about the report that cheered me up. First, there was a news story about the DA that did not involve it attacking the many things the ANC has gotten wrong in South Africa over the past 30 years. We know them all. Nor was it attacking individual ANC leaders and neither was it bemoaning high crime or the state of the economy or the lack of electricity. Second, it was a story about policy, about an idea, Such a such a Precious thing. As the election approaches, voters absolutely dread having either ANC corruption blasted at them by the DA or the return of apartheid blasted at them by the ANC, each, you know, referring to the other. What's been missing for almost two decades from our politics are ideas, is ideology. Third, I enjoyed the story because it proposed something manifestly good and progressive momentarily wrong-footing the left, um, the ANC, and the super-crazy economic freedom fighters. The DA is nominally at least a liberal party, a place where people like myself should feel comfortable. And fourth and finally, the DA person quoted in the story wasn't the leader, John Steenhazen, but its new policy chief, Matt Cuthbert. Apart from individual performances from people like Linus Breitenbach cross-examining hapless policemen and ministers over the escape of Tiber Besta, it isn't often you see the highly centralised DA allowing someone other than the leader to say anything for national consumption. Cuthbert will be a breath of fresh air for the DA. He's only been in the job for about a month. Impossibly tall and thin, he's also young and serious. And there are a host of Matt Cuthberts in the DA. Cape Town Mayor Jordan Hill Lewis is one. And you can already see a really class act um, in Salir's brink as he starts his difficult role as the new mayor of Pretoria. This generation of young politicians are perfectly poised to put the DA and a liberalism you can recognise back in the centre of South African politics when the old guard, currently running the party, walk off into the sunset. It won't happen before the election next year. But if it doesn't happen soon afterwards, the party will live to regret it. New leadership will bring a lot of people who have left the DA back, and it needs them. The DA only works if it is authentically, truly, visibly South African. Its leadership now is way too white, at least for politics, if we've come to know them. You have to just deal with that reality. Its new policy proposals may actually create new opportunities. A new party, but the party leaders have to talk to the op- have to talk to the proposals and the opportunities. I, for one, might describe myself as a DA voter, but not a DA supporter. All parties, I suspect, and particularly perhaps the ANC, have to deal with people like me. But the DA, whatever the polls may say, is brilliantly poised to make some real capital out of the new policy documents it's been working on, and which it says it may make public this very week. People like me, said, so political drifters, we want to hear plausible, progressive ideas that protect the vulnerable, but which promise to stoke new fires in our moribund economy. And for me, please, new liberal ideas. For me, a liberal economic policy starts by ignoring the tidal old promises of the left, that they, what they will do is to create jobs. They never do. Back in Well, I say they never do, but back in uh, 2011, when he was president, Jacob Zuma um, declared 2011 to be the year of the job. And he did promise to create them, and he actually did. Um, They now reflect, sadly, in a bloated, unproductive and unaffordable public service. But that's what happens when the state creates jobs. It can't give them anything productive to do. It doesn't have any productive ideas. It's just there to provide services. The opportunity for the DA is to create a whole other conversation. I always admired the uh, Conservative Tory party campaign in the UK in 1979 when it dressed up a line of party members to look like job seekers and ran the um, uh, large heading uh, underneath uh, Labour isn't working and put it on big posters all around Britain. That poster brought Margaret Thatcher to power and a version of it would be more effective here than more posters of DA leaders again as we go into next year in the election. The reason South Africa isn't working isn't that there's not enough talent or human capital to do the work required. It's that there aren't enough employers or businesses to create the requisite jobs. From the smallest informal business, a table of fruit on a sidewalk, To the biggest companies in the country, business here is tied up in knots, trying to avoid or accommodate rules and regulations about transformation, about this or that, equity, whatever, that the ANC is absolutely addicted to, but cannot count the cost of, nor can it put them to productive use. A liberal party would have little problem with affirmative action. I know I don't. But the cost of black economic empowerment, of giving precious capital to people to satisfy the racial twitches we all have in South Africa, we can't walk away from them, instead of applying that capital productively in the economy has just been just gigantic compared to its returns. And the Liberal Party would simply dump BE immediately. The most transformative thing in this country now would be 5% economic growth. Watching the ANC contort itself into arguing it is on the right track with BEE is just tragic. The people, blessed with the wealth, early BEE may have brought them, are as disillusioned with the ANC now as the rest of the country is. Having made them rich, ANC economic management is now making them poor again. And apartheid failed for the same reason, we never learn. It simply became too expensive for the people who had once benefited directly from it. A liberal economic policy would seek to create an enterprise economy It would encourage everyone, educated or not, to first to try to be their own boss To start a business, to, tell, to sell something other people want to buy And it wouldn't get in their way either Street enterprise wouldn't be brushed off the pavement into special zones like it is now The best thing about countries in Southeast Asia is the commerce available on the streets It would reintroduce strict apprenticeships in every trade imaginable and pay for them. It would encourage people to be free to live the dream Americans once used to boast about, that anything was possible and that the government would not get in your way. The current notion we have here of economic freedom, where the government gives you land and there's a recording studio in every village, would would be replaced by one where economic freedom means no one telling you what to do. Working for someone else is always a form of oppression or even enslavement. The only thing that makes it bearable is the amount of money you might be paid for it. Or if you happen to have a vocation, that means you simply have to do what you're doing no matter who's paying you or what they're paying you. The DA cannot go into the next election just promising jobs, it just can't. It literally can't create jobs in the first place. But it can actually create conditions for people to start businesses and make those conditions so attractive and magnetic that people would pour out of their homes to be their own bosses. Lose the red tape. It should take two hours max to start a company in South Africa. I'm not talking about a society without rules. We want a clean and tidy country, a safe one, with clean water and reliable energy. The state should be spending its money creating the conditions for wealth, creation, and enterprise. Other than that, it has nothing to do. Well, sort of. South African politics, as we all know, is messy as hell. But if the DA can craft a central policy message or position out of its liberal roots, one that people with money and people with none would both recognize, it is in with a shot, if not even a moonshot. And it has to be the leader, not just bright, young, enthusiastic Matt Cuthbert who preaches policy. Steenhuisen too easily drifts into attack rather than measured explanation. There is place for both, but at the moment policy comes a poor second. The other thing I hope the DA doesn't get too hung up on as we approach the elections, round about May next year, are numbers. There is no alternative government possible in this country without the DA, but that doesn't mean it has to supply the leadership to every iteration of local, provincial or national authority that it finds itself in. The mere fact that it may be the biggest party in a post-election coalition does not mean it needs to provide the President or the Premier or the Mayor. Its job is to make sure other parties are looked after for their smaller and valuable roles too, to be the adult in the room. It might reasonably always want finance and economic and perhaps transport portfolios It needs to be in control, though, not always in charge. It's a tick the DA somehow really needs to lose. People like Matt Cuthbert and his freedom to speak, granted or simply taken, make you wonder what a South Africa run by sensible people might feel like. Well, that's it from me again. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you'll join me here again next week. Cheers.